Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday. And that means it is time for another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast where I get together and have a chat with a YouTube creator about their channel, about their journey to where they are now on the platform. If you're an online video creator, specifically on YouTube, this is the show for you. So if you haven't already, slap that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you consume our content. Big shout out and huge thank you to TubeBuddy, the tool that I use to get everything done on the tubes. Uh, that didn't make sense. On YouTube. <laughs> I was trying to go with anyways. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Link in the description below. TubeBuddy has been with me now for over two years and it has been an absolute blast. Thank them over there for everything they do to help me to continually be able to do this on a weekly and monthly basis. Uh, big shout out to all of our patrons over on patreon.com. Uh, you can go over there. Link will be in the show notes as well. Uh, you can get access to our private discord where we chat YouTube all throughout the week. For higher tiers on Patreon, you also get a 30 minute Skype call with me every month to help you uh, evaluate your YouTube channel. Been having a couple of those this month and it has been an absolute blast so if that's something you're interested in go check out the patreon campaign now let's go ahead and transition into this week's conversation uh, one of my favorite things about doing this show is that i really don't discriminate as far as like having guests on the show whether they're you know small youtubers medium-sized youtubers larger size youtubers uh, but normally they range anywhere from you know 5 10 15 000 subscribers all the way up to millions of subscribers and this next guest that i'm having on this week uh, is is in the in the latter uh, part of that conversation. He has almost 1.6 million subscribers, hundreds and hundreds of millions of views uh, over the lifetime of his channel. Um, and he is just a creator that is just doing it right. He's doing this thing full time now. And it's a really interesting story as to how he came to kind of do what he's doing now uh, and creating content around comics and comic book movies and things like that. And so it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, I consumed his content well before I invited him to come on the show. And so I definitely knew who he was, uh, but I can't wait for you guys to take a listen to kind of how he got to where he is. And, and once you get to the size that he is, the different things that you can do uh, and are allowed to do because of your size. And so let's go ahead and uh, cut the intro here and cue the conversation. Okay, so quick note, after I recorded the opening for this episode, I uh, began editing the conversation that I you know, had with, with Rob, our guest here, uh, and I realized for some reason my recorder did not pick up my microphone, and it sounds extremely bad. Uh, so if you're used to the crispy audio here on the show, something I take pride in, the quality of my voice is way less than what it normally would be. Uh, coming next week, it will go back to normal, but this conversation was too good to, to, to can it, and so I'm going to go ahead and run the episode here. Uh, his voice sounds perfectly fine, and so let's go ahead and cue the episode once again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's conversation. I am super excited today to have uh, the guest on the show that I've actually consumed their content for a long time. Uh, Rob Jefferson is the owner, and he runs the YouTube channel Comics Explained, uh, where he works to teach the average moviegoer everything they need to know about the world of comics. This ranges from the publication histories of characters and teams to significant storylines and everything in between. 
so if you're a comic nerd like me and you like the whole Marvel Universe and things like that, this channel is for you, uh, but probably you've already subscribed. He aims to teach, and the goal of Comics Explained is to transform the average person into an expert on all things comic-related. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. So I did a little reconnaissance, a little uh, legwork kind of uh, going into the interview, which is what I always like to do. I kind of want to give you guys a, a little bit of, uh, I guess, numbers when it comes to what Rob's doing over on Comics Explained. So right now he's sitting at 1.57 million subscribers, which is that's amazing. Uh, 368 million lifetime channel views. He's produced almost 1,700 videos. Um, man, you are a busy, busy person. So Rob, if you would let my audience know a little bit more about you, uh, and the content that you create. Uh, well, I mean, my, my entryway into comics came with, uh, X-Men, the animated series. And, and, you know, that was, that's like my favorite, you know, comic book based show ever. And I grew up watching it alongside my dad because my dad read DC comics back when he was younger, but it was kind of a bonding scenario for the two of us. And, um, you know, because I loved it so much, my dad started getting me into comics. He tried to get me into Batman. I didn't really dig Batman too much back then. Uh, but by that, you know, being introduced to like comic book stores and so on and so forth, I started going through and buying comics from, of course, like the X-Men. And I've been reading, I've, I've really been reading Marvel for about 20, somewhere between 24 to 25 years. And um, DC, I'm still relatively new with, you know, back when DC rebooted in 2011 is when I really jumped on. So uh, a lot of that's still pretty new to me, still trying to figure things out. But um, yeah, Marvel Comics is that's my bread and butter. You know, I was raised on that stuff, you know, X-Men, the Avengers and the Incredible Hulk and Thor and you know, all that kind of good stuff. So it's uh, it's a huge part of my life, you know, something I've been reading for a very long time. And so let's kind of talk about Comics Explained for a minute. Like, tell me the story. Like, what's the history? And I, I've, you know, now that I have you on the show, I can ask you since I've consumed your content for a while now. What's the history of the channel? Like, what was your history in uh, video production and, and what made you start creating? I mean, I, I know my, my journey to YouTube was kind of an odd one. And I always love asking this question because, you know, normally there's a little more to it than just, oh, I uploaded a video and next thing you know, I have a YouTube channel. So tell us the journey that kind of got you to where you uh, are now with, with the channel. Yeah, man. Um, I am, I am the definition of a content creator that was flying by the seat of their pants. Uh, <laughs> man. I had no experience with audio. I had no experience with video. Uh, no idea what I was doing. I, I, I knew, like I had done through Google searching going into it, that Premiere Pro was like the software program that, that it's really like the industry standard, whether it's movies or, or YouTubers or what have you. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, let's, let's download this and let's see, you know, how, how this whole thing works. And, and initially I didn't know what to say, right? You know, I was working at a job that I wasn't too satisfied with and, and I wanted to start creating YouTube videos because honestly, I've been watching YouTube since like the Call of Duty days. So I grew up watching guys like Steve Anders and Hutch and, and a lot of those content creators. And, um, at that point it was like, okay, I, I want to create my own YouTube channel. But I didn't know what to make a channel about. And for years, people always told me I'd be a great teacher. And so I said, okay, well, let's combine that with, uh, with you know, comic books and see if we can teach people about comics. And so the first video I made was a video on Jason Wingard. Right? You know, I took two weeks off work and, and made a video on Jason Wingard. It's about a, a mutant that can manipulate the five senses. And, and it was like seven minutes long or something along those lines. And it was just a still image, just like a, a, a static picture of, of Jason Wingard. And, and there were a couple of the videos. I mean, I found that I loved it. You know, I love the idea of creating, you know, creating videos on these histories and different things like that. And, and, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
the issue was there wasn't really any traction for it, you know, because at the time the the Marvel Cinematic Universe was pretty popular. You know, it was it was this was, I don't know, maybe five years after the release of Iron Man. So we're going into the release or at least the announcement of uh, Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. Of course, Avengers being wildly popular, the second film was highly anticipated. And it was announced that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were going to be a part of it. And I said, okay, we'll make a video about Scarlet Witch. And by that point, a buddy of mine had hit me up and he said, hey, man, like you should add dynamic panels. So literally like the people see what you're talking about when you're referencing like a particular event or like some moment in publication history that was significant or something like that. Like when the Scarlet Witch and the Vision had kids, I don't know how you have kids with a robot, but, uh, but nonetheless, you know, I, I went ahead and did that, you know, started adding dynamic panels to it. And uh, that combined with, with the fact that people were curious about The Scarlet Witch, it was hugely popular because, you know, for me, um, it was answering the questions that a lot of people had. You know, who is The Scarlet Witch? What are her powers? What's she about? You know, it was like, okay, well, let's make a 20-something minute video and we'll, we'll turn people into an expert on The Scarlet Witch. And because that proved to be so popular, that became my brand from that point going forward, was making videos about, you know, comic book superheroes and, and characters, villains, so on and so forth, and doing it in a way to where within half an hour I could turn you into an expert on all these characters and teams and so on. And so along the way I met Comic Storian and, and met Sal over at Comic Pop and we came together, formed the Weekly Pool, and uh, of course we've got that whole, you know, network, I guess that whole um, uh, you know, podcast and everything going, but still, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it, it, it was luck of the draw. You know, I, w I made a channel um, where I was in the right place at the right time, and I was part of a market that didn't really exist, and and there was a drive to learn about those kind of things. And so pulling all that together, you know, it just kind of turned into a channel that gave people what they wanted about the comic book scene. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of blew up from there. So <laughs> it's kind of a crazy so, ride. I, I love that. And I think, you know, I think you're giving you're, – you're a little bit more humble than you really – you know, there's, there's, a little, there's a lot of channels who tried to do what you did. Obviously, you, you were kind of on, you know, the, the train and it was very popular at the time. And you say you were in the right place at the right time. But it did take some talent. You are very good. You explain things very well. Um, one of the reasons why I think my channel on YouTube has been successful is because all I do is tutorial videos and how-to content on technology. And it's because I can explain things well. And 99.9% .9 of the videos, and Rob, you know this, on YouTube that are teaching you or showing you how to do stuff are absolute garbage. Um, but when you find that 0.1% of videos or creators that can actually teach you something through a video who are actually talented at showing you and, and instructing you, and in your case, uh, giving you knowledge about a topic or a brand, or in your case, a, a comic book or a comic team or whatever it may be, um, you've done such a good job. Now, let's talk about the, the video production side of things. Now, one of my favorite things, and it, it makes me cringe every time I go back and look at my old videos, but as you were talking just then, I went back and, and, and I, I went and saw the thumbnail and the still image that you were talking about for that first video that you did. Uh, but I want to talk about now, like what is the production uh, like of a normal comics explained video. So when you wake up in the morning and you decide, you know, I'm, you know, you, you do basically daily content. Now I can look at your channel and tell that, and you say that in your, your channel banner there, what is a typical video production like for you? What is that like? Walk us through beginning all the way to the end. Uh, well, I mean, right now I have an editor, uh, and I have people that work for me that take care of all that kind of stuff. But if we're talking about up to the point before I had an editor, when it was, when it was just me, um, wow, man. I mean, it was, it was, it was complex. Uh, it really, really was. Um, because one, it was, it was trying to keep track of trends. It was trying to keep track of what people are searching for at the time. Uh, movie announcements always did well, you know, 10 pole programming. 
Um, but from that point, you know, say for example, they announced, you know, some character, you know, Ultron, Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. And it says, okay, Ultron's going to be the main villain in the Avengers 2 movie. Then my thought process is, okay, people want to know who Ultron is. You know, you can, and that's the thing, you can go on Google and you could look up Ultron and get a general explanation. Well, he's a robot that was made by Hank Pym. He became sentient and turned into a bad guy. Done and done. And, and you can get that pretty quickly. But for me, it was more of what are the nuanced things? Like, what's, what was Ultron like? You know, how did he progress? What was the, you know, how did the Avengers fare when Ultron got like adamantium armor? Uh, the actual Age of Ultron story when he conquered the world? You know, these, these different things. Uh, you know, how does all that kind of fit together? And so from there, it's a matter of breaking down the whole publication history, literally looking through every single, every single nuance, creator interviews, the, the whole nine yards. Um, and then getting a feel for what direction the, the video will go in, in terms of sitting down and saying, okay, we'll start with the origin. Then we'll go into the publication history, and we'll talk about like the changes of the character, how it impacted Marvel Comics as a whole, uh, introducing such a dark character. From there, it went into, all right, how do we wrap this thing up? Well, we'll talk about what Ultron can do. Uh, then it turns into literally just grabbing comic book panels that fit into it, and, uh, and then you know just, just kind of going from there. I mean, it's a pretty simple process. In reality, the video editing workflow was never the hardest part. That was never the most difficult part of, of creating those videos. Um, that was pretty straightforward. It was just a matter of arranging the video panels so people could see, or I guess the comment panels so people could see what I was talking about. The hardest part was the research, you know, because uh, you're talking about going back and, look, and, and combing over what amounts to some, you know, 50 years of comic book history focusing on one character. And for someone like Ultron, he's faced off against everybody, you know, the Avengers and the X-Men and, and even just like Thor by himself and, and so on and so forth. And so you're talking about taking all that, then going into the creator interviews, you know, writers like Roy Thomas and, and you know, Steve Englehart and so on and so forth and the various Avengers writers, people who have contributed to it. So you got Jason Aaron and everybody who's, who's been a part of that landscape. And then looking up how they saw the character, you know, what, the, what changes they made to the character. Then you have to filter through and decide what's important and what's not because you can't cover everything. I mean, you know, 50 years of history, you can't cover it all. You've got to effectively pick, like, the, the finer points and then break it all down and, and, and present it in a way to where it's easily digestible because, you know, my assumption has to be the person watching my video that, one, it's the first video like this they've ever seen, and, two, they've never read a comic in their life. And so when you, when you break each, each individual video down to the point where it's essentially a new video for someone who has no idea what I'm talking about, um, it can be kind of difficult, you know, putting yourself in, in a new person's shoes, especially having read comics for so long. Uh, but, you know, the, the workflow is pretty straightforward, you know, in terms of the actual video editing process. Again, it's really just the research that makes it, uh, makes it so time-consuming. And so you say that you have an editor now. Uh, I assume, and obviously, you're still doing the same amount of research. You're just able to kind of, I guess you would say, outsource the actual editing side of things. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with, with that being said, like, what if someone is in the place where they want to hire an editor? Like, just real quickly, I don't want to talk about this long. What, what did you do to, to find or to reach out to, to find someone to do this work that you trusted enough to give your baby to? It's interesting. Um, I actually put, a, put in a Craigslist ad, which is not necessarily ideal, uh, but I lived in a college town at the time. And for a lot of young people who were looking to make their bones, you know, learning about uh, video editing, so on and so forth, um, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty easy process. To me, the test was to see if they could do what I do um, without any kind of, of, you know, any kind of pushing in any direction. So literally what I did, took out a Craigslist ad. Uh, Gordon is a guy who I hired. He's a guy who answered it. And, uh, and I said, okay, I said, here's the audio. Uh, your job is to go find the comic book panels without looking at any content on my channel and in turn create a video. That was the test, you know, like make this video in a way where it'll, it'll make sense. So I sent all the audio off to him using Google drive guy sent it back to me within maybe two or three hours and absolutely nailed it. Just 
perfect, exactly the way that I would have done it without ever having watched any of my videos himself. And uh, and at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and hire that guy on. I'm gonna bring that guy on. Having said that, um, I mean, the rights of my editor are pretty limited. Like he's able to upload videos, and that's it. There, you know, as far as the whole channel itself, he's got no ability to control anything, so I don't really have to worry about that. But again, it was keeping a very close eye on him. You know, when we first started, to make sure that that the way that he edited videos fell in line with what people expected on the content that I created for my channel. And is he doing your thumbnails as well, or is he just doing the editing on the video side of things, just solely just video and audio? Yeah, he does the thumbnails. Um, I sent him a bare template and just said, hey, this is how my thumbnails have looked for a while. Um, all you do is change the text. Yeah. So and for so, the most part – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, okay. Uh, for the most part, the outline of everything was really provided to him. And from that point, it was just kind of filling in the gaps is really what it came down to. And, and Rob, what, what has this opened up for you to do? Like what 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 is this extra time allowed you to do as a creator? Oh, explore other projects uh, to be more creative. Because you got to think when I was when I was running the channel by myself, it was around 17 hour days. You know, you're talking about like like doing the research, scripting the video, editing the video, rendering the video out, getting the video uploaded. I mean, it was it was 17 hour days just grinding away. You know, because of the amount of detail that was needed. You know, to, to create my videos. Um, but hiring an editor on changed everything uh, because now it's a matter of okay, like a lot of the research that I have is is really optional. It's not really required um, because so much of the knowledge that I have is in my head. But a lot of it was, okay, let's just check facts and let's just make sure that I'm accurate on what it is that I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, having editors freed up, you know, personal projects, it frees me up to explore other possibilities in terms of different video ideas that I have, um, you know, to, to open things up for a vlogging channel, you know, for me to talk about, you know, personal things and, and so on and so forth. It frees up a lot of time, you know, it allows me to be a lot more creative. So the next question I have for you is let's talk business for a minute. Obviously, this is full time for you. You're doing this thing full time. Um, mm -hmm. People don't like talking about this, but let's talk about money for a minute. How are you monetizing your content and how are you making money and being able to, to, to make a living doing what you love, about, you know, creating content about stuff that you're passionate about? Yeah, I usually play money pretty close to the best uh, when it comes to my channel. Um, the long and short of it is that I, I monetize through, you know, through ad revenue the same way that pretty much every YouTuber does. Um, it just happens to be that my videos get enough views to where, you know, ad revenue is high enough that it's, it's a, that I could turn it into a full-time job. Sure. And are you doing any other ways to monetize your content? Are you doing affiliate marketing? Are you partnering with companies? Um, I know sometimes with brands like Marvel and, and things like that, it can be it can be difficult to kind of work with the, the the bigger name brands as far as you know them being willing to to trust a creator on on YouTube. They still haven't fully accepted the fact that YouTube is taking over and online video is is, is the future. So, are there any other ways that you're monetizing other than just the uh, ad revenue? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are brand deals. You know, there comes a point when a channel reaches a certain size where ad companies pursue you as opposed to you pursuing them. Um, right. At the moment, uh, I'm, I'm pretty picky when it comes to what ads I, I do. Um, of course, they have to be ads that fall in line with my brand. So it wouldn't really make any sense for me to do an ad based on a watch company if I'm a comic book, you know, comic book brand. Um, but even then, you know, I, I usually research the company to see what they're about, you know, make sure they fall in line with my personal ideals, and then just kind of uh, go forward from there. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's hard as a creator because you, you you do have to be picky, and there's there's reasons for that. And and the main reason I always tell people is that you want to build trust with your audience. Mm -hmm. And when you're throwing stuff at them, that's just kind of like eh, I don't know. It's it needs to be something or a brand or a product or a service that you use 
historically and that, that you find value in. So I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on YouTube? Uh, be prepared for the post Christmas slump. Um, that was something that I was totally unprepared for. Uh, you know, when you, when you first start your YouTube channel, um, you look to it as, okay, this is the thing that I'm starting. It's the thing that I, that I enjoy. You know, that's, it's, it's, I guess it's really two things. One, make content on stuff that you enjoy because it's entirely possible that when you start this YouTube channel, it could go belly up. That, that you could find that it's just not very successful. YouTube is very, very difficult to grow in. Uh, at this point in time, there are no new channels. There, there's no unique ideas on YouTube anymore. It's only just taking an idea that exists and then reworking it and making it your own, right? I mean, you know, vlogging started out as people sitting on their beds, talking into a camera, and now it's progressed into what's basically short films. Um, you know, when you look at that market, I guess you have to be aware of the fact that you're not going to be doing what hasn't been done before. And so if that's the case, then do what you love because at the end of the day, that's really what it's going to come down to because you're going to have times where you're going to get burned out. You're going to have times when you're not going to want to make videos anymore, when you're going to want to quit. I've encountered those on multiple occasions, you know, but the fact that I love what I do is what gets me through. Um, from there, you know, when it comes to YouTube, you have your ups and downs, right? I mean, people watch YouTube based on how much time they have. Uh, different channels that are more personality driven, so, you know, various vloggers of, of you know, huge popularity, uh, they can garner views almost any time of year. But for a channel like mine, and depending on what kind of channel, you know, a new YouTuber wants to run, it could be that it's content-based. And if it's content-based, then the channel, your, your channel's success will be relative based on what is currently going on. You know, for example, my channel rises and falls based on the popularity of movies. So when a, when a Marvel or a DC movie comes out, my channel achieves huge amounts of popularity. And then when there are no movies, when there's basically a lull, then my channel will kind of, you know, uh, go through its normal paces, and I'll, I'll achieve my normal views, you know, for a channel of my size. And... Um, and, and just kind of roll with it. But, you know, you, you get these huge peaks based on like summertime. You get these huge peaks, you know, when you get around to Christmas, when kids are on break. And then when kids go back to school, then the views just kind of whoop, they just sort of drop off a little bit. Be prepared for that. You know, be, be aware of that. It doesn't mean your channel's dead. It is, it's not the end times. The apocalypse is not upon you. It's just the nature of YouTube in terms of, of you know, fan viewership. Yeah, so pe people don't understand that. And it's a very unique and interesting comment that you made about, you know, um, the post-Christmas slump. Um, not only for views, but also for ad revenue as well as, as you and I both know, um, you know, companies are dumping their, their fourth quarter, you know, ad spend uh, on YouTube during the, the holiday season and, and trying to, to boost up the sales and capitalize on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all of this good stuff. And so what, what are things that you've done to capitalize on the prime time, which is, you know, the last, you know, two or three months? of the year like have you done anything in particular do you up the, the the amount of videos you do or what's the what's the the thought process like for a creator like you who has a large channel uh, trying to capitalize on on the kind of few months at the end of the year when 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 the getting is good i guess would be the best way of putting it yeah man um it's finicky you know as as you know youtube's algorithm shifts all the time and they never tell anybody so trying yeah. to understand how youtube works is a job in and of itself and in reality probably better off hiring a marketing firm to take care of all that than you are trying to do it on your own. <laughs> but, um, but no, when it comes around to that time of year, um, you know, that's when, that's when ad revenue is at its best. Uh, and I usually just dump tons of videos that I know will do really, really well. 
uh, that'll get a lot of views. It's especially helpful when you're talking about the the holiday season when like movies come out, movie announcements, different things like that. You know, like Avengers Four just announced uh, just came out at the time that we're recording this podcast. So you know, with that that trailer being released, um, you know, it does you know really really well for for boosting up popularity in my channel. Um, at that point, because you're talking about ad revenue being high. Um, at that point, because you're talking about, depending on the circumstance, you know, drawing more interest to your channel based on ten, uh, tenfold programming, then it's really just a matter of like trying to garner as many subscribers as you can. That's, that's one of the best times to analyze your channel to see what videos are doing the best, to see what, draw, what, what videos are drawing in the most fans, and then trying to duplicate that, you know, in a, in a variety of different ways. Um, but yeah, no, for me, it's just, it's, it's dumbing a, a bunch of, of videos that I know will do well, because when we get around to the post-Christmas slump, where an ad revenue is at its lowest, uh, the ad revenue that I generate during this time of year will carry me through all that. You know, so by the time we get to the <laughs> summer month and, yeah. and you know, people are watching more, then it definitely helps to beef up. <laughs> that that <laughs> is true. <laughs> that is true. Kind of uh, putting away for the winter there. No, I, I think yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's super true. Um, and so let's talk about kind of the hardware, the software, the resources that you use to get the job done. Obviously, you don't do the editing anymore. Uh, maybe you can talk about when you did. But like right now, what are the tools of the trade that you use uh, when it comes to YouTube production? Uh, I don't know if you do keyword research, doing your, you know, you talked about you doing the researching and scripting it out. What are some tools that you use to make uh, comics uh, explain to kind of outdo what you're doing right now? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, because of my channel size, uh, myself and maybe a handful of other comic book YouTubers essentially dominate the algorithm. So almost anything we put out will get views. Uh, having said that, there is always ways to improve that. But the reality of YouTube, you know, when it comes down to it, it really just takes that one video that pops off and, and gets you into the algorithm. At that point, people will start to see you. Then the question turns into how do you capitalize on that? The truth is that YouTube is really all about audio. Uh, despite the fact that YouTube is a video platform, it's really more audio focused than anything else. And the reason why is because people will just binge watch, right? You know, I mean, we know that from video trends like Netflix and things like that, that what people will do is they'll put on playlists, especially videos of mine, which are lengthy, which are, are 30 minutes. Or if I combine a whole bunch of stories into one video, then they're anywhere between two and a half to sometimes even five hours long. And so what people will do is they'll just put it on in the background while they're cleaning or while they're studying, and they'll occasionally turn back and watch it if something catches their interest. And so because of that, audio is king. And I know it sounds counterintuitive to the nature of YouTube because, again, it's a video platform, but audio is absolute king. And, and you really have to understand the significance of that. And so more so, more important than video production has been the audio side. And, and I've, got, I've probably gone through maybe five microphones over the life of my channel trying to figure out which one sounds the best. And even now, I've got like a sound-treated room. Uh, in reality, people don't really need that. I mean, honestly, just throw blankets on the wall and, and just record, and, and you'll be fine. But I, I used every – like I started out with a Blue Yeti, uh, and then I moved up to a Sennheiser E385, I think it was. And then there was another microphone that I got. There was a blue microphone. I don't remember what it was called, but it wasn't that great. And then ultimately moved into a uh, Shure SM7B, and then, of course, the um, – uh, not the MKH. This is the EVRE20 microphone that I'm using right now. Um, but I've, I've gone through microphones trying to get the best audio quality that I can, learning how Adobe Audition works, which is the audio program that I use, uh, learning that thing inside and out, you know, getting different plugins, things like uh, Deverberate, which helps to re reduce reverb in a room, uh, which, of course, is post-processing. So you won't notice that in this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so with 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 that being said, my normal listeners, Rob, are going to think that I paid you to say that because I always tell people I do voice acting as well. And so that's kind of my mm-hmm. side my side job. And so for me, audio is always king. Um oh, especially yeah. when you when you're creating content like you are and you do, you know, I do multiple podcasts. I, you know, I'm guesting on other people's podcasts all throughout the week. And so with that being said, audio for me is always king. I can go and bear through a video that has some, uh, you know, some video that's not perfectly color corrected. But what I can't do is go through and watch a video where the audio is breaking up and it's sounding like I'm on a walkie talkie that I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to listen to it. And so I want to take that answer you gave and I want to ask a follow up question that's specifically tailored to you and your channel. Have you ever thought about exporting your videos into podcast form and upload the stories and the videos that you have to iTunes and Spotify and Google play and all of these podcasts. Cause I know me as a podcaster, I, you know, look at your content frequently and think, well, he could upload this stuff as audio stories to a podcast and people would absolutely eat it up. Is that something you've ever thought about? I've thought about that. The only problem that I have with that is, like, I've, I've asked fans various times, you know, like, where do you guys listen to my videos at, things like that, and they'll tell me, well, I listen to your videos on the way to class, or I listen to your videos on the way to work, or I listen to your, or watch your videos when I'm studying, or, or something like that. The only issue I have with that is if, if I were to do that, it would take away from the viewership on my channel, because Absolutely. if, if yep. people watch my videos under a set of circumstances, and then in turn, I upload to another platform, which follows those same circumstances, then I would basically split my viewership. You know, I would take people off my YouTube channel and it would ultimately end up pushing them towards, you know, um, towards podcasts. Now, in reality, it, it, it's kind of a funny thing because if this was like five years ago, then I would say absolutely not. But I've been watching the podcast market, you know, and ever since guys like Joe Rogan popped up and have really made podcasts hugely popular. I mean, they always existed. They existed long before Joe Rogan. But um, because of the fact that he made them so, so much more popular, because they're, they're as big as they are, um, I mean, honestly, it, it would it'd be kind of interesting. The problem is I don't know what longevity is there for, for the podcast market in terms of, you know, will it be there like forever and ever and ever and ever? You know, as, as you know, it's one of those things. I mean, a podcast of your size, you know, you're not going anywhere. But for a smaller podcast, um, you know, when the smoke clears and, and the dust settles, would a smaller podcast make it? That's, that's kind of the... <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the, the worry that I have. So at the moment, I kind of stick to YouTube. Um, I might explore that as an option later on down the road. Um, but again, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, as far as I'm aware, there are no pod, like there, there are no podcasts out there that do what I do, right? Like if I were to take my videos and I were to turn them into a podcast form and throw them out there, I'd be the first. You know, I'd basically be the first person in what could, could presumably be a new trend or it could be something that would flop. And, and I may experiment with it, just kind of test it out and see if it works and see if it impacts my channel at all. You know, I honestly sure. don't really know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. You know, it's one that I've thought about before, but it wasn't really until you asked it that I gave it some real thought. <laughs> I think that the future of podcasting is very bright. I'm, I am with you. I actually do a lot of editing and producing for other podcasts. And one thing that I see is people, it's very similar to YouTube and you know this, right? Like people who start a YouTube channel now, they put out, you know, five, 10, 15 videos and just think, oh, I need to, I'm going to be as big as Comics Explained, or I'm going to be as big as Comic Story. And, you know, your, your buddy, I've had him on the podcast as well, or I'm going to be as big as PewDiePie or Ninja or whatever. But the reality of the situation is, is that it takes a long time of consistently uploading quality content. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know this. I know this. There is so much work involved with growing a YouTube channel. I mean, your channel, the size of your channel, you know, over almost 1.6 million subscribers, you know, I'm much smaller than you, right around 230 some odd thousand subscribers. And so, you know, even channels of, of, of our size, 
it's it we still have to create and produce quality content on a consistent basis or else we're not going to be here it's 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 one of those things to where you, you you mentioned it earlier in the interview here rob when you said figuring out youtube's algorithm and figuring out how youtube works is a full-time job and it is and i've tried to do it trust me and it's just it's, it's an ever-changing thing that's always uh, you got to be willing to pivot and evolve and, and make your channel different so uh definitely agree with everything you said there um we're getting close to the end of the conversation here around the 30 minute mark which is kind of where i like to stop it but i, I do want to ask you this um what are you looking to do short term and long term in the future for the channel um, you know, a channel that's already reached and seen the success that you have, um, you know, we are in the heyday right now, let's be real, of, uh, of comic books and comic book movies. And I mean, they, we, you know, I, I'm a nerd, you're a nerd. And, and, and growing up, even you know, I'm in my 30s, I'm not sure how old you are. It wasn't as cool as it, as it is now to like comics, to like comic book movies. Um, are you nervous at all about maybe the downtrend if, if it takes a downtick as far as comic books and are, are you, you know, willing and ready to pivot if that happens? So what are you looking to do short term and long term for the channel? Well, that's the important thing. Um, and, and that's really the advice that I would give to anybody out there who's, who's launching a YouTube channel or who has a YouTube channel that's financially successful. Um, treat it like a business and, and have a long term plan. You know, for me, it was, it was gaining financial security. You know, once Comics Explained blew up to the point where it was, it was a viable source of income. Then the question became, okay, how do I secure my financial future? You know, buy a house, you know, and, and have that house paid off. That's a huge amount of security. You know, set money aside so that way you can, you know, invest it, live off the interest, things like that. Because, you know, I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that, that right now comic book movies are a trend, you know. And, and, I mean, with Disney buying Fox and, you know, getting the, the, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, that extends the life of that trend, you know, by a pretty good margin, more so than it would have had that not happened. Uh, but this will die off eventually. You know, people will lose interest in comic books and they will focus almost exclusively on the movies or, or they won't really have an interest in, in the, the history of the characters anymore. And so with that in mind, it was a matter of just, you know, ensuring that my financial future was secure and ensuring that, you know, for, for the rest of my life, you know, I wouldn't really, you know, it, that, I, that I'd be okay, you know, that I, I wouldn't really have to worry about, you know, going back to like a full-time job or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, ideally, I'd, be, I'd like to get into like voice acting or, or get into, you know, like narration, like narrating documentaries, I think is, is really ideal for me. Um, you know, I would, I would love that more than anything. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, at, at the moment, it's just kind of experimenting with personal projects and, and really figuring out what I love outside of comics that I can turn into something viable. I love that. It's, it is about preparing yourself for what is to come and uh, all good things come to an end. And honestly, you know, for, for your case and for my case, I hope comic book movies and comic books, I hope they stay in, in the relevant for years and decades to come because man, we are in a golden age right now. Uh, <laughs> and I am just super excited about the future of, of, of not just comic books, but nerd culture and, and the kind of stuff that, that you create. Uh, th those are side interests and passions of mine. Unfortunately, with the YouTube channel and the podcast and uh, a, a child and one on the way, I don't have too much time to consume it. But, you know, content like yours allows me to do it while I'm doing other things as we already talked about. So, uh, Rob, if people wanted to get in touch with you, uh, if they don't already know who you are or they want to connect with you, how could they do that on the Internet? Uh, well, you guys can find me on Twitter. So twitter.com slash comics explained. Um, I also have my comics explained Instagram and, uh, I have an email rob at comics explained.com. Uh, that one's really set up more for fans, for people to reach out and, and ask questions and different things like that. You know, stuff that, you know, requests for videos, things along those lines. Um, that's, that's a really, really good way to reach me. Um, but yeah, those are the three main ways, you know, YouTube used to have messages, but they got rid yeah, of that. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, rem- I remember that. It was more spam than it was actual messages. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but no, you're, you're exactly right. Well, Rob, thank you so much uh, to take time out of your day to come on and, and to, to talk to myself and hopefully educate and give some people some ideas for their YouTube channel. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, dude. All right. Talk to you later. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.